I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork Hurlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a history in the game. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Stacked studio once again this morning. We've got Cork, we've got Galway, we've got Sligo. All from the coast, actually. Colin Buhig, good morning. Morning, Shane. Johnny Ward, good morning. Morning, Shane. Kathy McNamee, good morning. Morning. These are all from coastal counties, I just realised. Yeah, you just, feel you sad just, about that, Shane? I just feel left out. Monaghan's one of those forgotten inland counties. Is it Leash that's the doubly landlocked? The only doubly landlocked county. Doesn't touch a county that even t- that touches the sea. Fun fact, guys, <laughs> this morning. <laughs> table, if it comes up in the table quiz, just go right down Leash Pretty sure it's Leash that's the only doubly Definitely landlocked. Google it before. Definitely Google sure it first. She has given you correct information. Exactly. Do any of you actually grew up near the sea? I'm from, like, I'm basically from the Midlands, even though I'm from Galway. Like, right. closer to uh, Athlone than Roscommon than, uh, than Salt Hill. Short drive. Yeah, yeah. I live right on the beach. Your, so, your screen. Class. Yeah, our house like overlooks the dunes onto the beach. That's so, Ocra's head is close to there. Yeah, exactly. Beach bar. I've never been to club. the beach bar, but that's on my list for this summer. 10 out of 10. You can see the Schlieve League cliffs as well across the water, especially like oh. on a clear day. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, yeah, you got Nottnaray, Ben Bulbin, the whole thing in front of you. Ben Bulbin around the right-hand corner. Mm. Right-hand corner. It's so a there. pretty, yeah, it's a pretty sweet place to grow up, I have to say. Oh, Do you class. ever get bored of the sea? Never. Yeah. No. Like my favorite thing to do whenever I'm home is hop on my bike, cycle down. So you can't actually walk to the beach across the back of the dunes from our house because there's like a river in between that you can't get through. Cause there's just like loads of gorse and stuff. Um. So I'd cycle around. It's like a mile and hop in the sea, quick swim, walk the beach, cycle home. Happy days. Sounds lovely. I would love to live by the sea. That's my um. Changes your mindset, doesn't it? It does. It's just access to to water as well. You can just get your have a dip in at any given moment. Um, endless possibilities. Oh, it doesn't matter like what sort of mood you're in. Even if it's a terrible mm. day and you can't get in for a swim, say the water's too choppy or whatever, you just go down, sit in the car, watch the waves for a bit for a bit of a while. Were sea swims a big thing before COVID? Yeah, it, not uh, not really. It, it was a COVID uh, thing. Like it, it really was like it would have been in coastal areas. Like my mum is part of like a swim tribe and has been for like years. And it's just like a group of women. Like, some mornings it could be 20 of them. Some mornings it could be two. And they all just meet at a certain time every single morning and go for a swim and have done for like and the last And it was amazing because like it became this thing in Ireland that I, I'd say Ireland was one of the few countries in the world where people would even countenance in any sort of big numbers getting in to swim in say like February. Yeah. Where it is cold but it, it's manageable and the colder it is the better you feel after it I think True. if you can get over the shiver. It's amazingly good for your health, mental health. We don't eat uh, fish enough. No, not at all. In Ireland country. No, it's um, scandalously poor. Water kind of adds a bit of pizzazz to your thinking when you're walking. Do you know? Makes you feel. If you have an important life decision to make go out for a walk I think it's vital that water is there. Water. Yeah, you kind of look on into the distance oh, yeah. and make your big decision. Get philosophical, like. Bit of Hollywood to it, you know. Well, it's the timelessness of it as well, that yeah. that water has been coming in and out of that shore just for, like, well, long, long, long yeah. before you were there. Yeah. 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 You'd almost yeah. call it relentless. Now, speaking of um, call it relentless. Uh, pizzazz, succession. Oh, sorry, we have to warn people about this. Yeah. I watched yeah, this watched it last night. The finale. The finale. And I just want to warn everyone that we are going to go ahead with the succession finale recap tomorrow, live no, on the, the show. half the office hasn't actually seen it yet. Correct. We're given, I think, it was fair warning, three days out from when it was live on TV. <coughs> and so we're going to do it on tomorrow morning's show. We're going to talk about succession finale. Days we'll out. give you loads of warning. I, walk away. I watched episode 
four of the last season last night, so I have six episodes to go. So you're out. I'm, I'm going to have to step aside tomorrow. I'm similar, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. a little behind, yeah. I have a very special guest from the OTB Annals of History, the great Sue Murphy, will be in studio. I thought you were going to say Brian Logan Cox Logan and Jerry. Yeah, the way you filled that up. From there, yeah. You really set that one up. Yeah. Brian, Co- Brian Cox is you had to be them. there. Kieran Culkin live Good. in studio. No. In the words of Logan Roy... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> F off. What's his, what's his best quote? Yeah. There's a few good looking around. So that's a fair warning to people. Yeah. Um, it'll be on tomorrow's show and they're in the middle of the show. We've had on your defeat Saturday, though, Shane. That was. Yeah, it was tough. I, I forgot to ask you because we were in what Friday and it came into my mind last night. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, anytime you lose a final, is mm. difficult. Um, I would have put myself in the red in the performance rankings, but there wasn't enough room. Right. So thankfully, there Honest. wasn't enough room. Just an off day. Just an off day for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You have those, I suppose. Yeah. We've got a mix of youth and experience. We'll be back next year. Also, commiserations to my housemate, who's a big Boston Celtics fan. Very, very tough night for them last night. They came back from 3-0 down against the Heat, Miami Heat, only to lose 4-3 in Game 7 last night. So it's the Miami Heat that progressed to play the Denver Nuggets in the NBA playoff finals. So that's going to be fascinating. We'll probably touch on that until later in the week or early next week, certainly. We'll do something on that. We'll do something on that, for yeah. sure. Because uh, I know a lot of Irish people are interested, despite it being in the middle of the night. A lot. <laughs> it's tough to watch it, you see. I'd love to watch it only for the obviously our, our hours don't do you think the last us? dance has played a big uh, part oh, in that yeah. I always felt there was actually a very sizable minority huge interest in basketball in yeah. Ireland yeah yeah for sure I think it just needs more as Kieran Donnelly said to us recently it needs more bums on seats at Irish basketball matches to you would think uh, basketball would be huge in this country considering the weather yeah yeah. going to be affected like it should be big yeah. in the likes of Castle Island and parts of Kerry is it becoming more watchable than Gaelic football is a question because I think Morris Brosnan's article in the Examiner today um, speaks about just our common possession game. Martin Brownie actually touched on a very similar, um, pretty much the same thing when Roscommon beat Mayo in the Connacht Championship. That um, Davy Burke has a possession style. Um, I do wonder now. I, I, I've been watching some Gaelic football, and Joe Brawley and Mick Foley have spoken about recent games in Ulster that are basically really boring into the last ten minutes. But is it time to think about like? Um, um, a stop clock basically that you can only have possession for so long shot um, clock like basketball yeah. yeah like it's just something I think Gaelic football has, has you know the, the mark and stuff it has brought in changes in recent years to try and you know promote kick passing and all that but um, it, it's, it's, it's becoming a bit like a bad soccer game at times where people just are, so, are just they, they just develop into conversations among the crowd because it's not they know nothing's really happening Um it's it's an interesting one. I know a lot of people are really struggling to watch Gaelic football right now. This is nothing new, obviously, yeah. but it's not getting better. You, you, it's interesting. You thought Monaghan Derry was was all right. I, I only saw the report. Now Mick Foley said it was an awful game of football. See, I, as you said, as we said before the show, you're probably are a bit coloured when your county is involved, mm. and it's an exciting game. Exciting as in a point or two in it, and it could mm. go either way at the end. Um, yeah, maybe on quality it wasn't fantastic, and then Monaghan get a black card in the second half and. The usual thing happens where the team with Blackheart tries to slow things down a bit and get their injuries or whatever. Mm. I'm not saying the modern players weren't injured, but that happens. Mm. And that's a tactic that you have to use. Uh, because if the clock doesn't stop when you're down for an injury, why wouldn't you do that, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you think that it is um, at an all-time low in terms of uh, a watching fest at the moment, getting football? Uh, no, or- but see, the funny thing is, if you watch, say, like, the, there was a great documentary, I don't know if you saw it last night, on... Um, Kevin Moore on RT, yeah, Ke- Kevin Brannigan yeah. it's well worth watching but like you, you compare football then to now like it's a completely different game but like it's it's actually a better game now it's just a lot more tactical mm. do you know what I mean I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed the Gaelic football at the weekend generally like I watched mm. Armagh Westmeath and again 
quality not fantastic but it was exciting mm. like the, Morris Brosnan had a stat in that uh, Roscommon thing so in 31 minutes and 24 seconds Conor Carroll the Roscommon keeper taps the kick out to Brian Stack and they keep the ball so that's 31 and a half minutes they keep the ball to just over 37 minutes when Kieran Murda, Murda shoots and scores and in that 6 minutes nearly 6 minutes 77 passes 31 of them were kicked and Conor Carroll, the keeper, had 19 possessions in that play. That could easily be changed. You can't pass back the goalkeeper for one thing. Is yeah, but I, do, I don't mind that. Yeah. So I, some people think that's horrendous. Yeah. I actually think that's That's six, six minutes of possession. That's beating Dublin at Dublin's game. Yeah, so Dublin have to figure out where you're getting Dublin the ball Dublin's back. Game. So this yeah. is not a conversation that comes up like nearly every season when there's like one or two games that are like very heavy possession-based and everyone gives off about it and then the next weekend there's an absolute cracker of a game and everyone just forgets about the argument again until it comes up a couple of weeks. Like... It, I feel like we've been having this discussion since Perennial like Donegal yeah. burst onto the scene basically and since then every year there's one team who's like ruining Gaelic football but it's actually a very successful tactic for them. I mean you saw mm. it was successful for us for Roscommon at the weekend against Dublin. Why wouldn't you play like that? Like if these teams are actually able to form ways of beating the bigger teams, the bigger clubs, why would you do anything to curtail that? Because it's probably only going to play into the hands of like a Dublin Mayo, Kerry, whoever it is. Mm. I would have, okay, I think for the for the sake of the referee, like there are things you can look at, right? Once you pass the halfway line, you can't come back. You can't go, come back from the other opposition half, for one thing. It's things like this need to be considered. Basketball. The goalkeeper rule, like a, a, a limit of like maybe a minute having the ball at any one time, something like that. I think... You a can't take for, for like granted. A player that can only have the ball for a minute. No, a, a team. So you can't take for granted. Like that's these are just ideas. I, I, but like six oh. minutes of possession is um, by any metric that's an awful watch for a new. But is it not on? Was it not on Dublin in that six minutes to get the ball? Maybe off they're not that bothered about getting it back. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You can choose whether to press or not because it's t- yeah. very tiring not yeah. having the ball. It's yeah. far less tiring for a team to have the ball and have possession to, and dictate it. Even mm. though you have the ball and you're still doing a lot of work. What do you have to do with the ball after a minute? Oh, you yeah. just cough it up, like you give. If you don't do, and if you don't score, you just give the ball back. I'm just, I'm not suggesting this, but like I think something will probably change. You can't take for granted that people will keep watching Gaelic football in its current guys because people's attention span is bad, and you can, you can audibly hear people talking throughout large swathes of inter-county All Ireland Gaelic football games now, and that's not great. Do you think any rule changes are designed to retain the converted, or to encourage a new mass of fans, like? They probably thought that with the mark. You have like a lot of a lot of people in the country can't stand football. Yeah, I think they, I think they thought with a number of rules. Oh, this is this is better. This is an improvement. The the mark has not worked at all. You see the mark being used in, in not in the way it was intended. Mm. You know, not the high ball mm. in the full forward line. It's mm. or, or the midfield. See, if I had a choice between a great getting football match and a great hurling one, I'd probably lean towards football. Yeah, if it's great. But I think there's far overall there's far worse football games than hurling ones. I think hurling's much easier to watch personally. I think you could argue with getting football that it, too easy is probably the wrong term, but there are too many options that you can do. Like you can do so much with the ball. You can there's so many things you can do to even yeah. to score a point. This sounds insane. Parts of your body, you know. This sounds my feeling. We've arrived at a point where there are too many scores in hurling, and football there's not enough happening. And I don't know which. Sometimes I don't really want to watch either. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like hurling, there are too many scores at the moment. Yeah, but it's I, too much like basketball. I would argue there's far more skill required in hurling than football. 
Oh, there absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Is. I I don't know. Can you argue there's too many scores? Like you watch Limerick at the weekend, and like that game was so tit for tat, up and down, and there was like scores going everywhere, and you didn't. It was like almost hard to watch because there was so much happening, and you're like, oh, what's the score? Okay, yeah, no, there's only two points in it. I thought there was like three with the amount of scores that have been happening, and it was class to watch because of the pace and the intensity and like mm. you felt like you couldn't take a breath watching it because something would have happened I, I find basketball totally boring GA like. is, is as much about like the competition and the structures mm. as it is what's actually happening on the pitch like there have been plenty of unreal matches this season and I, I don't know how many matches people would necessarily look at and say it was Roscommon Dublin levels of possession base and that's what made it bad what made the other games bad is the fact that like there was a total difference between the teams that were facing off against each other and there was a clear winner going into every game before a ball was even kicked like that was the issue with a lot of the games it wasn't the possession stuff ironically we've had very very close games in the group stages a lot of really close games so far um but I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of diehards who've just given up on Gaelic football watching it. That's the thing. They have been tight games. I actually think the first round of group games have been good. They have been good. I thought they'd be dead rubbers, but they actually mm. you forget how important it is to maybe top the group and avoid that extra game and get a mm. little bit more of re- a bit, bit of rest straight through to the quarterfinals. So I think there's more jeopardy on the line than I Was there a, a mm. sweet spot for football in your lifetime? <laughs> I put that in the room. 2000, drawn All-Ireland. Galway, Kerry, sit them in yeah. the yeah. I mean, not, I mean, a season or maybe yeah, a year or two. In terms of the quality of football um, yeah. and the rules as well, and the, and the and the approach to it in games, are they trying to change too much? I thoroughly enjoy like the mid noughties the Kerry Tyrone days, probably the best. I think maybe that's just my age, but I I I don't mind where football's at at the minute. At the minute. I think definitely there change could be rules. anything. Um, definitely get rid of the advanced mark. Probably more encourage more kicking. That's kind of a theme in the comments here this morning as well. They have to change. Uh, Brian says they have to change the hand pass rules. Players need to be forced to kick the ball. The mark was a brutal idea. It's just how you encourage them to kick pass more. Maybe you need X number of. But then, you know, if you need X number of kicks before you can take a shot, and the, a team has only taken three of their five kicks, and they all, all of a sudden have a shooting opportunity, and they have to turn back. Everyone's like, "This is stupid." Why have you an issue with uh, the back pass being brought in? I, I just. What's the advantage of passing back to the goalie in terms of a spectacle? Well, certainly not in terms of a spectacle, but but like should we it's also just be looking at sport in terms of a spectacle? Well, that's like, the thing; it's a sport. But, but 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 football brought it in, and it's it's much better for it, like much much better for it. As in soccer, it brought in the back pass rule. When I was, I remember I was told about when I was like under twelve or something. It's a much much better game. What is the benefit as a spectacle, which is important because Gaelic football is not a good spectacle for much of the time for a lot of people. What is the benefit of the goalkeeper being able to get the ball again and have like what was it, nineteen possessions in six minutes? Yeah, I don't want to watch that. Like, but thirty-one of those seventy-seven passes were kicked at least. You know, so that could be kicked two yards. Like, uh, yeah. Or kick to a fellow who was in, in loads of space. I don't really see the, the negative of bringing in the back pass rule. I don't know. I, I just... It, it'd be drastic, I think. It, w- it wouldn't be drastic. You just don't give... Don't pass, to the, don't pass back the goalie. Pass back to one of the other 14 players. I think referees at the minute in Gaelic football have, have way too much to be doing. Yeah. Same about Harland. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. yeah, same as Harland. There should definitely be two referees in Harland. Mm. For sure. Like, yeah. that's a no-brainer. I know it's going to be difficult to have that at club level, volunteers and all the, all the rest, but mm. certainly at county level there has to be two referees. I have to say there, there are a few sports worse as a neutral if you're watching a Gaelic football game and one side is eight points clear with ten minutes to go and they try to keep the ball yeah. and they're hand-passing to each other. Don't like, it's it's, it's that, almost yeah. pointless to watch it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's impressive, the retention mm. of the ball and their composure. And it's one of the purists. Yeah, their lack of urgency. It's an impressive way to run down the clock. 
but then you think to yourself Jesus what's this all about this is the what thing. are we here for so uh, when I was at the again I love bringing things back to snooker but when I was at the Crucible recently there was a match on between Gary Wilson and Mark Selby and it was if you weren't a snooker fan this was putrid stuff mm. at the, at oh the there's end examples of it. of it in every sport mm. but I think Gaelic football is one of the worst thing, but snooker yeah. purists love that frame mm. and like the players are nearly apologising after it but purists loved it because mm. it was so torturous and yeah. same with Gaelic football probably I don't, Whereas I don't think that's a thing in hurling for example there's, I don't think there is such a thing as maybe retaining possession in yeah. hurling is, is really not done like I mean there's far more passing in hurling now than there used to be. Mm. You know, it used to be you just, you know, up the field, like, and that would be a roar. And now what you're is keeping all the ball. Purist, though? Like, does the Gaelic football purist, like, marvel at six minute long possession? Or is the Gaelic football purist wants to see, like, the Galway team of 98 or that's, you know, that era where football was just a much more, it was a simpler game. It's a better game now, clearly, because it's evolved. It's just less watchable. Well, if you're a purist, yeah. you probably enjoy every aspect of the game. You, well, you don't I'm enjoy saying, hand passing the ball for six minutes. Like, you might, you might, you might, you might like the chess well, nature of it. Yeah, mm. and it also depends on like if your team is playing and if they're like if you're a Roscommon supporter and you're mm. doing that against Dublin at the weekend and it's getting your results and it gets you a draw, which like sets you up very well going into the rest of the group stage. Like, of course you're gonna enjoy. Like, you might not enjoy it, but you're gonna enjoy the result out of it mm. in the moment. So you're not gonna mm. sit there and be like, oh god, I wish Davy Burke hadn't done that. Like, we should have been playing the ball a bit more. You're gonna be like, no, that was a successful tactic for us fair play What? how can we use that later on presuming they get out of the group yeah some of the comments on this are interesting mm. I, sorry, we weren't even supposed to be talking about no. game football today it wasn't on the show no we did we put it to the top at the start did we yeah we uh, did just before we went live so we don't have a guest for a reason today. Uh, Fergus Keogh says as with rugby too many people want to turn football into basketball with a score every other minute Danny Max says what kind of a cork man is Colin watching football before hurling well, football. No, I, I did say Cork's a split county, isn't it? Yeah. Well, first of all, it was well, dual well, Yeah, but I mean, hurling would definitely be stronger. But I did say when I said that that if it's a choice between two great matches, one football and hurling, I probably lean towards football. But I'd watch way more hurling overall, <coughs> right? Because hurling is consistently for me more entertaining than football. I, like, and I also saw a comment that um, there are too many scores in hurling. Like, I don't really buy into that as a bad thing. I admire the accuracy, yeah. the increase. I think it's incredible to watch. Yeah. I think I, I missed like four at the start of the game on yeah, Sunday there are and still you misses. were like wow this is going to be like mm. a ridiculously low scoring game and then it was ridiculously high like <laughs> but that point about the misses is, that's why I think it adds a bit of jeopardy because yeah. sometimes they do miss and true. I, I think the skill level is at an all time high insane. it's incredible it's, insane, yeah. it's, it's absolutely insane. amazing the next 5-10 years the skill level is going to get to the point where the shooting accuracy is just an outrageous well, why, level why, are, why are we why are we criticising that like? no but I mean it's just then it's just a I guess it's a shootout no I think I think the only problem with that is it's almost alienating to the audience because it's like how could I ever do that replicate it Maybe. Yeah. the skill level is just so high but I, f- I feel for the commentator because Darren Maloney can't keep saying that's a great score. He's had <laughs> 60 points in this game. They can't all be great. Yeah. And it's, it's tough for the commentator because like, he's not a hurler. Now, hurlers just say, well, that's actually a run-of-the-mill score. It's just one yeah. of like 136 to 227 today. That's, and that's the thing. That's yeah. between like Westmead and Antrim, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, so, and I'm not, I, I'm not saying... Like, Hurling's in an amazing place, but I, I do find like the score has lost its value because there are so many scores in the game. It's entirely different to the Gaelic football conversation. One hundred percent. But that's because of the improvement of the sport. Like, yeah. um, like pundits are becoming blasé about moments of magic. Yeah, yeah. How can yeah, we I'd ever get to that, that place? I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> we use too many uh, words of praise in football. I think, oh, what a fantastic! Like, it, there's, it's just, it's lost meaning at this point. No, but the, when you see a great goal scored in Gaelic football, it's nothing like it as yeah. well. Yeah, it's true. But mm. a, re- a truly great goal. Francie Brady says Gaelic football must be the worst field game to watch at this point. It's become unbearable. Um, Dwayne Griffin. This is a good point. 
why is possession seen as such a great thing to watch in soccer but not Gaelic football far more difficult to retain the ball in soccer than Gaelic football goes back to my point True, you, you have too, you have too many options in Gaelic football yeah. there's so many ways Holy and also, also, also tackling in Gaelic football it's really tough to get the ball back yeah. it's really hard Like that's why mm. Paul Galvin stood out so much for his trick to like smack the ball out of someone's hand you know like like soccer it's really tough to keep hold of the ball in soccer yeah it is no it is no, it is, sure. it is it is that's why like the really good teams are amazing at it it's, it's an interesting talking point though because like some people at the minute are quite happy with Gaelic football and you talk to other people are like I can't watch it it's putrid at the moment so it no, definitely divides opinion I um, find it fascinating but as a neutral I don't find it fascinating for a team to have the ball for six minutes really it's just hard to enjoy them because they're literally killing the clock Yeah, like the longer we have the ball and the longer that Dublin don't have the ball the longer this is a non-event mm. essentially we don't really have an interest necessarily in scoring here we yeah. just have an interest in making this game as unwatchable as possible really that's what it is because it cuts out this as junk time mm. and that's not to say there's a, there is a bit of effort keeping the ball but not that much at times I might yeah. get you on this Johnny we could transition into our next topic here but Chris in the live comments says uh, watch the League of Ireland game and tell me GA is boring to watch did you see last Friday's games I didn't actually no I heard the Bowes Shells game was, was very poor which ironically a lot is to do with Damien Duff's strategy with Shells but um, I, I, I think it's, it's subjective as well I mean a lot of people will watch League of Ireland and think it's crap mm. um, but in fairness I think it's been very very watchable in recent years we've had a couple of bad games of late Uh Bring us nicely to the next topic, and it's one that uh, is a little bit concerning because you think of years ago, a couple of decades ago, less even, the amount of Irish players playing in the Premier League at that level. Um, and the stats for this season just gone, 2022 to 23 season, the Premier League, 13 Irish players played in the Premier League season, total of 9,320 minutes. That's down from 14 players um, and down 620 minutes yeah. from the previous season, so it's a new low. Um, in terms of Irish talent playing at the top well, level, stats are from Philip Quinn in today's Irish Daily Mail. Right, that's uh, that's concerning, isn't it? And also, Philip goes on to compare it to even ten years ago, mm. far more. And then the first season of the Premier League, it was like so nine, nearly nine and a half thousand minutes. There it was like forty five thousand minutes. <laughs> and it, like, it's just because the markets opened up. You can scout all over the world. Mm. Suddenly, Irish players aren't so attractive. I don't yeah. think it's it's not like it's it's a historical outlier, but it's not a, an outlier at all. Now, in terms of no Irish managers hardly at all in, in English football anymore. Like really a handful. Mm. Um, it's very very hard for the Irish players, considering our ranking, to make an imprint in the Premier League. Which, as Colin says, is I mean, look at the managers in the Premier League. Like the level of like Ancelotti's last job in England was managing Everton. Like you know, yeah. like, like the managerial. Um, talent is so so strong there's incredible money in it and for Irish players to get in I think we're going to have to improve but I don't really think it's that big of a deal to be honest I think that's where we're at um, we're a small country we have a lot of players playing at the championship which is an in- championship's one of the top what 10 leagues in the world so yeah. we have a lot of players playing there I was um, going to say I'd be curious to see what the figures were for like championship or say lower leagues as well like have they gone up or increased or like what's the historical tracking of those over the last couple of seasons like are we suffering there in the same way mm. Premier League is that a complete downward trend throughout the leagues in England or is it just that kind of higher echelon yeah, I mean the closest Irish Premier League manager we're going to have soon is probably Paddy McCarthy or Crystal Palace. Mm. If uh, Roy Hodgson does maybe another year and then um, upsteps McCarthy from the wings, but yeah, it's not looking good there. I mean, I I do think it's a bit concerning because the Premier League is obsessed over in Ireland. It's also the and to not have players. I mean, like the the player who played by far the most this season is Gavin Bazunu, who yeah. got relegated with Southampton. Mm. And if it wasn't for Evan Ferguson, this would really be an adir. Yeah, Ferguson is the and, and like Ferguson scored, was it six league goals and made his debut on St Stephen's Day, mm. and got injured as well. Yeah, 
he didn't play that much really yeah. overall but he was just so impressive when he did play and then after that like the, the list quickly diminishes like Seamus Coleman again got injured he's out of contract don't know if he's going to play for Everton look the bright point Burnley and Sheffield United are in the Premier League next season there you have John Egan Enda Stevens, Josh Cullen yeah. provided they stay and play so that would be improved upon but you're, 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 like we should not, not be right. obsessed with <laughs> essentially the only league that is not in the EU as well Like so we, we can't even send players over until they're 18 now the mm. link between the two countries um, which is obviously going back 800 years is being broken up a little bit because of Brexit and we are now necessarily sending young players to other leagues and the obsession with English football hasn't been healthy for this country either and we shouldn't be that worried that the Premier League that the numbers are pretty much what they should be considering like Ireland haven't been great for, for a long time I think we're working on it I'd be more encouraged by how the under-17s performed in defeat against Spain the numbers of Irish players in England I really would like and I think the fascination and the obsession with England like hasn't been a good thing for us at all where we felt it was okay just to send kids over at any age under the sun and wish them the best of luck and they came back with their tails between their legs and were you know unable to make it as footballers because of the English machine but we didn't have anything to offer them in Ireland that's what we should look at focus on our own game why does Damien Duff not Damien Duff wants to maybe manage Ireland but other than that he's happy to manage the League of Ireland because he sees the potential of it mm. and if he sees it maybe the rest of us should see it as well Like well, we were having exactly this conversation last night on the Koi Gig podcast which is in your feeds now if you want to listen to it but um, in relation to the WSL and the fact that four Irish players are out of contract at the moment Possible out of them, maybe one is going to play in the WSL next season. The rest will probably all go down to the championship. Obviously, Grace Maloney has also been relegated with Reading. And Emma Byrne was making exactly the point that you're making there, Johnny, of like, we have this obsession with sending young players to England. She's like, why not give the, if they want to go and play abroad, like if they want to have that chance outside of the leagues in Ireland, why not send them to Spain? Like, why not spend, send them to Italy? Why not? get them to have some experience in France why do we always need to obsess over whether our players are in the WSL or the Premier League like we were talking about both leagues she was like there are so many great leagues across Europe that our players could benefit from but we seem to have been like very blinkered over and I know it's like history and it's closer and for a long time it was a lot easier to get to England and it seemed you know it's not as much of a culture shock as it may be going to somewhere else but why why are we so focused on having our players in the English league and not somewhere else where they and if they come back you know if someone plays in Spain for three years and comes back they're going to play an entirely different set of football and it's going to be only a benefit then for say national teams that they may be playing in whether that's underage whether that's at senior level we see it with Amber Barrett the fact that she's played in Germany for so long like she comes back and she has a totally different style of football to any of the players that play in the WSL. We see it with the ones like Heather Payne, who plays over in the States, or Denise O'Sullivan. They come back and they offer something completely different to us. So why why focus so much on the English side of things? Why? That's an interesting point. That you, like, So we discussed how the Irish, the, so what is it, 13 Irish players in the Premier League last year? Hmm. And our international team, as you say, isn't at the heights that it once was. But the women's team is in the World Cup and yet the numbers don't seem that Different, like it, it, are yeah, there any, are yeah. there more than thirteen the players? It's, yeah, but it's the, it's the impact, far more impact in WSL than yeah. in Premier League. Like like the Irish players in Premier League, the thirteen are largely peripheral mm. outside of the three that yeah. I mentioned. Yeah, but also Big what clubs, you're seeing yeah. now with the WSL is like there is that drain happening where more and more of our players are landing in the Championship than ever before. Whereas before we would have had, you know, like obviously we have Kane McCabe big name, one of the best players in the WSL. But apart from that, the majority of our players are playing for championship teams and it looks like they're going to 
continue that way rather than making the sort of impact that they have done in the WSL. And that's because of the same way it went with the Premier League, being able to scout further afield, being able to bring more money coming into the league and Irish girls and women just not being able to compete in the same way that they maybe did before when there was less choice and opportunity, which is why... Like, I think this is an important discussion to be having now, especially for, like, the FAI and stuff, thinking, well, like, okay, if we are going to produce, keep producing talents like Kayna McCabe, Janice O'Sullivan, Heather Payne, whoever it is, what what can we be doing to make sure that that continues, whether it's increasing the league here, whether it's, like, building opportunities with, you know, academies in mainland Europe or with colleges in the States? Like, that's where we need to be looking mm. now at all those opportunities so that, say... 10 years, 20 years down the line, because obviously the men's game is more advanced at the moment in terms of the development. We're not looking at the Premier League or the WSL and thinking, oh God, we used to have so many top yeah. players and now we have like Bazunu who's played the most amount of minutes and is being relegated or Kelleher who comes on and lets well. Ford Sorry, Lazar. Yeah. I think a good example is if you brought anyone along to see Patrick McElhinney, Jack Byrne or Graham Burke play in the League of Ireland or see what they've done in European football, see McElhinney's goals, the, 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 see what Jack Byrne has done, see some of Graham, Graham Burke's goals. The three of them were effectively flops in Britain, right? I mean, yeah. McElhinney and Jack Byrne ended up at Oldham, right? And they weren't really doing much. Oldham was a basket case. Graham Burke went to press and I remember Shawnee McGuire telling me Graham Burke is the best player in training didn't really work out from there they're all happy to be playing in Ireland they generally are and we should be really really proud of the quality that we have in the League of Ireland the technical quality Jack Byrne's best spell of football was in Holland it wasn't in England because mm. he was more suited to it and we've this obsession with the English game and I, I'm not saying English football is bad to watch but like as you go down the leagues um, you know a lot of these Irish players are actually they would be better playing as Kathleen alludes to there in other countries and because of we, we have a lot of dual national potential players now coming through with yep. like maybe African heritage or in, in, in some cases like Albanian heritage stuff like that where they would be probably those kids would probably be more inclined to maybe move to a non-English speaking country because culturally it's not that different to them as well and this is a good thing and Brexit has brought all this about and I'm delighted it has because it's forced us to look after our own and it might force the government into actually helping us for once Now that's all, like, that's all great and I agree with it but I think the reason we're talking about the Premier League and WSL is that they're too elite leagues right so we as a nation have massive ambitions for our national sides yeah so you often hear the criticism of Vera Powell's team is that the football isn't great but it's, it can be very effective but like the possession stats aren't great can't really keep the ball that well probably the opposite is labelled at Stephen Kenny largely is that the football's okay mm. results aren't good so it all goes back to our players on both sides not enough of them are playing at the absolute top level of the game so the Premier League and WSL is just an example of two leagues that they could be playing in of course we're going to mention the Premier League it's the one that we follow the most that's the one we talk about the most yeah. so if our players at the top level aren't playing in those leagues enough and we have this huge ambition which I think is out of proportion for what we are as a nation on both the men's and women's side to be really high achieving football sides because we're a football obsessed country mm. it but, is concerning that they're not playing but that's also like I, I get what you're saying, but I think it's also slightly to the side of what Johnny and I are saying in the sense that there is a certain, uh, like obviously, yeah, Premier League, greatest league in the world. But when you look at the teams Irish players could be playing for, you know, like Katie McCabe could go play for Leon and she would be as successful as she is at Arsenal. Like yeah. there are Premier League players that say Irish players are playing the Premier League right now who could go to another league, whether it's like the Eredivisie or... <coughs> 
La Liga or something and do really well there. And it's not the fact, like, and I know people will say, okay, well, that's not the same level as the Premier League. But if they're successful there, if it suits their style of football, if they're playing the best they can play, that is beneficial for the Irish national teams. And, like, if we, I think sometimes... There's like a snobbery sometimes that comes with the Premier League. And I'm not saying, Colm, that you're being a snob in the argument that you're making. I'm just saying there's a snobbery sometimes that comes with the Premier League. Like if you're playing in the bottom six teams of the Premier League and you could be playing in the top four of a slightly lower league or say like the top half of a slightly lower league and doing well and winning trophies and being successful, surely that's as beneficial as... Bazunu in Southampton again he's a very easy option now but you know what I mean or like even Coleman at Everton that's what I'm saying but like the Eredivisie is a good example That that's just as good I'm not ta- I'm the Premier League and WSL are two examples not mm. the leagues that you have to play in there's not enough players playing at the elite level of the game yeah, and I think also if, like. if you're bottom four in the Premier League that's no problem because like, you're mm. playing against quality every single mm. week like if, if a player plays abroad at a top level club like in one of the European Central Leagues that's fantastic but are you damaging your but the problem is there's, there's too many there's too many championship players yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for the ambition that we have as, as a well. nation we're never going to be happy like because how many times do we uh, debrief a Republic of Ireland game either Vera Power or uh, Stephen Kenny's side mm. and we're highly critical of it yeah. the next day because we're out of proportion with the reality of where our players are playing so it is concerning yeah it's a difficult one I, I do think the obsession with going to England has, calmed, has definitely has, yeah. down it's an example bit. it's not it's not to be all and end all yeah. it's an example of yeah. what we talk about every day yeah. and there's not enough Irish players there but if an Irish player is playing anywhere in Europe brilliant as long as it's top level I not enough top level players obviously more Irish players in the Bundesliga or the mm. brilliant or, yeah I was yeah. all about it well, that will happen you, you see examples of that like uh, the kids going off to Udinese um, Banqua and Fessi obviously yeah, yeah. Um, and also just the whole the whole Brexit thing should encourage um We've seen like f- French clubs buy players like uh, Pat's player went to France um, at a young age and it should encourage, Brexit should encourage EU countries to look into this as, as potential because same as Amelia now who's like, what is he, he's under 17. He's 15 years of age isn't he? Next year, yeah, he's still under 17 next year. So he, as far as I know his parentage is entirely Irish but there'll be a lot of kids of his uh, age who you, who will be you know attracting the interest of clubs in in Europe yeah. um, who can't go to Britain until they're 18 which is absolutely great as far as I'm concerned because um, we have to develop them here yeah let's turn things on its head OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now